Let's go! From the four corners of the globe, welcome to the Park Chat Theme Park Podcast. Join us as we dive deep into a world of fun and adventure to discover what Australia's theme parks are all about. Hello everyone and welcome to Park Chat. We're doing things a little bit different this time round. We're going to be doing it over the podcast, but we'll slowly be bringing back more and more features from the Park Chat you knew and you loved. So keep listening every month for episodes of Park Chat. But without any more delay, we've got Blake and Matt here. Welcome guys. Welcome to the show. Cheers. Thanks. How's everyone doing? It's uh, it's also really good to be back on the show after about five years. I was the original co-host for those who weren't there at the beginning for about the first 30 or so episodes. And uh, yeah, it's just really good to be back. And our biggest fan, Matt from Melbourne. World's biggest fan, I'll have you know. As I said previously, I'm proud owner of the Park Chat mug and a few stickers. I've been on the other side watching Park Chat for most of the time you had it going, so it's great to be on this side. Unfortunately, haven't been able to travel, but been able to uh, visit the Queensland parks quite recently, jump on Steel Type Pan, see what's changed at Dreamworld. Um, it's been good. I want to kind of bring back something that it was my favorite segment, which was the hot or not. So I kind of want to run through a few things that, that have sort of happened over the last couple of years in Australia. And yeah, I want to see what you guys think, whether they're a hot or a not. So still Taipan, you mentioned that, Matt. What do you reckon, hot or not? I reckon hot. It's a great uh, great addition to Dreamworld. It rivals DC rivals. Um, unfortunately, it's not getting the fanfare it quite deserves. I think it's an excellent ride. Yeah, good point. I haven't actually seen too much. Uh, you know, when it first opened, a lot of people were talking about it. But you're right. I haven't sort of seen anyone bring it up you know, unless people directly ask about it. So, it's a good point. It it doesn't seem to be having the same impact as DC Rivals. You also got to take into consideration that, you know, Steel Taipan opened up right off the back of the COVID pandemic. The parks are still picking up steam in terms of getting customers through the gate. And that's only going to take time for it to get back to where it once was. As for the ride itself, I think it is a good ride. I think it was the perfect addition for Dreamworld. Dreamworld needed a new signature attraction after years of just gutting the park of old rides, you know, that were just past their use by day or just straight up neglected. They whack in this massive $32 million investment. It's a tried and true design. It's a clone of Blue Fire Mega Coaster at Europa Park, which was critically acclaimed when it first opened in 2009. And they even added on to it by giving a, a rolling launch, which is, you know, a first in Australia. I, th- I think it's a first in the Southern Hemisphere as well. And it's just what the park needed to really entice people to come back and say, hey, look, we're back and we're serious. As for it being compared to Rivals, I think they're two very different attractions. Um, if I'd have to pick the two, I'd still prefer DC Rivals, but that's because I think it's a much more intense ride and it's more focused on airtime, which is what I prefer in roller coasters as opposed to Steel Taipan, which is a bit more of a complete package. It has a little bit of airtime, it has some inversions, it's got the launch, and it's got the spinny seats too. So it checks a lot of boxes. It's definitely a people pleaser, but the enthusiast in me says, not quite on the rivals level. So I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say it's a hot for you. It is a hot, but... If you were to compare it to Rivals, I still think Rivals is a stronger attraction out of the two. I, uh, for me, it's a hot. Uh, as a coaster on its, uh, you know, on its own level, I think it, it's pretty damn good. 
But, you know, I mean, obviously, when you've ridden a lot of roller coasters, you'll soon realize that it's not anywhere up there in the intensity scale. But for Dreamworld, as you mentioned, it's perfect for, you know, Australia. It's a great addition. It's comfortable. It's smooth. It's fast, relatively fast. It, it, it loops. Uh, yeah, it ticks a lot of boxes. And you're right. I, I would have to say it, it really is one of the best coasters when you consider what coaster has the most amount of boxes ticked. I think still type N definitely uh, ticks the most. There is one part of the ride that I really, really do enjoy, and that's the final barrel roll or heartline roll just before you hit the brakes because you just get yeeted out of your seat. It has some serious hang time going through that. It's so fun. That's easily my favorite part of the ride. Yeah, it, it's nice riding a coaster in Australia with some not just fun and somewhat intense inversions, but comfortable as well. You know, when you're comparing it to obviously the SLC, when you're comparing it to the Abyss in Perth, even, you know, the Hot Wheels or Gold Coaster, they're not the most comfortable inversions. So it's kind of awesome to have something that's comfortable, somewhat intense in a, in a roller coaster. So I appreciate it for that as well. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Australia as a whole has been sorely lacking in a good looping roller coaster. I mean, yeah, you have Abyss in Western Australia and then on the East Coast, Arkham Asylum, that bit the dust. Gold Coaster, it's an aging arrow looper from the 90s but it's a classic it, it's a classic it, you know like it definitely has that nostalgia factor sea world shouldn't have got rid of the corkscrew like or sea viper that was more comfortable than the gold coaster unless my memory is deceiving me which is a possibility the brake run was pretty tough uh when you slammed in at the end of sea viper yeah, yeah, yeah. it was this could just be me thinking about it in rose tinted glasses but i swear that ride got rougher when they replaced the old arrow trains and put the uh, is it comeback is that yes. how you is that how you pronounce it comeback yeah but you don't want them to <laughs> no they kind of they kind of flopped didn't they and same thing with arkham asylum they put comeback trains on that or a comeback train put it this way if you don't know the name in this industry usually it's for a reason things can come and go like those somewhat coasters but aren't coasters that they were starting to add at like the Six Flags parks and I think now they've Are you talking about Carly Quinn at Discovery Kingdom? Yes. Yes. I can't even remember the name of a brand. Skyline. There we go. They're still kicking. In fact, what actually happened is- Yeah, they're still around. In fact, they announced a whole bunch of new models and designs at IAPA that apparently have vastly improved over their original models. I thought they ripped one of the coasters out and I just assumed they were all going. Oh yeah. Harley Quinn's gone. Mm. That only lasted like two seasons, I think, before that bit the dust because it just got so- such poor reception but skyline attractions the company as a whole they've got a whole bunch of new concepts and designs and i think they're just waiting for a potential buyer gun buyer world (laughs) that should segue us into the next segment well sorry not next segment but next question for the hot or not gun buyer world i mean these guys are just buying whatever they can find on ebay by the sounds of it any any rye that's being torn down they want it but in all seriousness, Matt, as a Melbourne local, how's Gumbaya World going? I think Gumbaya World's filling a gap that Victoria has needed for a long time. We've been too much of a monopoly on seasonal parks, which just don't give anything to the public throughout the winter seasons, and there's no real reason for it. Um, Gumbaya is obviously filling that now with dry rides, which can be open year-round. Wait a second. This is just like a light bulb moment in my head. Is Gumbaya World open year-round? They're open 364 days a year. Wow. News to me, that is big. Well, at the moment, they have wildlife open throughout the week, and that's just because there's not the crowds to warrant them to open the ride section. I think that could very 
very well change in a few years. Oh, okay. So they kind of do like a staggered operation. So throughout the week, they have the animal exhibits and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they open up all the rides and attractions. Uh, school holidays is rides and attractions all week. Um, and then during school time, it's Saturday, Sunday. That sounds fair. I mean, it's only a small fry theme park, but it seems to be expanding quite rapidly. I don't really know a whole bunch about Gun Biowell, but from everything that I've heard, it does sound incredibly promising, you know, especially with, you know, they're putting in two new roller coasters uh, back to back. Well, the Vekoma suspended coaster, that's brand new, isn't it? It looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course you've got Buzzsaw being relocated there from Dreamworld to Gun Biowell. And it's got a fresh new coat of paint and we don't really know much else about it do we we don't know like what the theme is what the name is or anything like that do we no nothing's come from the park yet okay is it green yes the track's green isn't it yeah vibrant green yeah yeah green with black supports it's very yeah very similar to uh green lantern maybe it's going to be themed to green lantern i don't think village roadshow would appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) green lantern 2 or a knockoff Green Lantern ride, but okay. So, so are we are we calling this one a hot as well? Yeah, definitely a hot. I think um, Bioworld has got a lot of potential, uh, a lot of promising years ahead of it. Yeah, look, I got to agree. Um, it keeps expanding every year. They just add more and more and more. So it doesn't look like they're slowing down at any point. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move on. So the Atlantis Precinct. What do we think? This is a very much a mixed bag. This one because it's been pushed back two years. Thanks, COVID. We did see Vortex, and for what it is, it's a nice addition to the park. You know, it kind of pads out the day, kind of gives you a different offering as opposed to just animal attractions or roller coasters. And we're still awaiting the much-anticipated Leviathan, which I am so looking forward to because I love wooden roller coasters, and I'm so happy that Australia is getting a full-scale wooden roller coaster again. This will be the first full-scale wooden roller coaster that Australia's had since the Bush Beast at Wonderland. Sydney. Yeah, you are right. It came as a real shock to me, to be honest with you. I mean, between that and Wizard of Oz, I don't know what I was more shocked at, but the coaster enthusiast in me is so excited and I just hope the GP or the general public are going to be just as excited when it opens. They're not going to look at it and go, that's old. Why is that still here? Honestly, if if it's not well received by the GP, I'm just going to loop riding it over and over and over again because if it's just like station weights... <laughs> you know, like that's that's good for me. Yeah, true. <laughs> Matt, what are your thoughts on um, the Atlantis Precinct? Yeah, look, I really, really want to love it. Um, obviously, as you said, it's just been a victim to circumstance taking its time in opening. The park is obviously trying the best that they can. And unfortunately, they're getting the short straw every time. But when it does open, I think it's going to offer a lot to the wider, you know, not even just SeaWorld, all of Australia. It's going to offer a lot to it's going to bring the crowds in. So I haven't been on a wooden roller coaster before, not even scenic railway, but I'm, I'm keen to obviously go up there and try it out. And look. In 15 years' time, RMC will be coming down under and converting it. So, if you don't like it now, you're going to like it one day. <laughs> wow. That's that's an interesting thought. I think you might be getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> The only other thing I will mention, though, is that the biggest drawback with all the delays and the whole project going over budget is that it looks like they've had to scale back the theming and the presentation of the area, at least from what was initially proposed in the conceptual art. You know, there was meant to be like a volcano and the station was meant to be, I can't remember what it was, but it was meant to be more than just like a, st- a, a corrugated steel shed. <laughs> There's a YouTube blogger 
who is currently sitting back and looking at the video they published, you know, SeaWorld, is it going to become Australia's best park? And feeling pretty stupid right now. So, (laughs) (laughs) I am disappointed. And, you know, when you compare it to the concept art, it's pretty damn underwhelming. But I think it comes back to the whole, you know, under-promising, over-delivering is a much better way of doing it. And I think Village learned the hard way that they've obviously got to recover some ground because it's not going to look anywhere near where it was meant to if you compare it to the concept art. Yeah, absolutely. But... Going back to your initial question, is it hot or not? I'm still going to give it a hot purely off the back of Leviathan. I can't wait to ride it. Yeah, that's fair. I'd give it a hot as well. But remove the coaster enthusiast element and it is a not for me. Yeah, fair enough. Matt? No, look, I'd say give it a hot. I think the part of the park it's taken up was not used for so long. It was a a dinosaur attraction. It didn't really fit within the park. This is a much better fit. I think it's going to be excellent. Okay. Good point. I like that angle. Yeah, the Creatures of the Deep thing, I think, was just kind of a placeholder because the main issue with SeaWorld is that they did a lot of land reclamation. And when you do that, you have to wait for the ground to settle before it becomes sturdy enough for you to build on it again. So that's why I feel like they had the Creatures of the Deep just to kind of buy them some time, just to wait for the land to settle. And it was safe enough for them to start building a roller coaster on it again. I... I'm a little bit curious. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm a wooden coaster know-it-all. I, I probably am going to make myself sound a bit stupid after making a comment. But I, I know wooden coasters, you know, they do degrade over time and obviously they can get rougher. I mean, it has been a considerable amount of time and decent amount of weather since they've finished constructing it. I, I do wonder if it's going to be maybe not rough, but it surely is not going to ride as nice as it would have been if it opened a year ago. That is definitely on the table. I don't think it will be that much of big of an impact because keep in mind it's just been standing there have they even done test runs i don't even know i've never seen a test run i don't believe they have i don't think the train's even on the track yet i haven't seen the train so keep in mind that the trains are going to be brand spanking new you know like the wheels haven't been fully worn in yet so there might be a bit of a rattle but i don't know give it some time let the wheels wear in a bit gravity group rides are supposed to be pretty good i mean the only one that i can really think of that is rough off the top of my head is mind blower at fun spot yes i've heard that depending on the day it's either amazing or awful so who knows at least blake will be riding at it and worse it is the less weights and you know oh i'll I'll be front row and i think they've got the gorgeous looking timberliner trains that gravity group make for their rides now they look awesome and they look really comfy speaking of uh interesting looking coaster cars and roller coasters the dingo racer at aussie world what do we think? Has anyone ridden it yet? Uh, out of the three of us, I mean. Because I haven't. I haven't either, no. Me either. I missed out just. I was actually up on holiday on the Sunshine Coast earlier this year and Aussiewell was doing a deal where they were offering free entries to the park and you pay for the rides, which is what they used to do back in the day, actually. They didn't become like a gated admission until five-ish years ago, I think. So I was just up there. I was just like, oh, sweet. I'll just go to Aussiewell, get in for free, just pay one ticket to go on Dingo Racer and then leave. But unfortunately, the ride wasn't open yet. Allegedly, the park was still having delays getting it open because there was uh, issues between the park, the park's insurance company and the ride manufacturer because they had to make modifications to the ride so it met Queensland safety legislations, but the modifications couldn't be sufficient that it would violate the warranty of the coaster itself. So there was a lot of back and forth and just getting that just right, but it looks like they sorted it out because it's now open and it's definitely what Aussie World needed. They got rid of their wooden wild 
Mouse many years ago, which I was very, very upset about because I loved that thing. It was such a small coaster, but it packed such a punch and it, it just it was just like the centerpiece attraction that completed the park. And when they got rid of that, there was like a big void missing. So getting something like Dingo Racer back is excellent in that regard, but I've yet to ride it. I think you make a good point. I mean, yes, uh, you know, a park needs a, a decent roller coaster and, you know, while it's nothing groundbreaking, I think for something like Aussie World, it's it's a perfect addition. If only they had bloody annual passes so I could actually experience it. I'd much rather pay, you know, $100, $120 and be able to go a few times and 40 bucks just once. But regardless of that, I do need to go and ride it because it's going to be a lot of fun, even if it's nothing super extreme like DC Rivals. So just to clarify, actually, I've just gone on their website right now. Yeah, they don't offer, I've never realized this, Aussie World doesn't have any kind of annual pass or any kind of season pass. It's just one day entry. You can get group tickets, so you can buy like a ticket for four people at a discounted rate, but you can't get an annual pass. I feel like they're missing out on an opportunity, especially with the local demographic. 100%, 100%. So what are we thinking? It's a hot for Aussie World as well? Yep. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely something that they sorely needed. And hopefully it's a sign of even bigger things to come for the park. Because I do have a very sentimental spot for Aussie World. What about Luna Park, Sydney? They've probably outdone every single park. I can really, maybe not Dreamworld, we'll still type in. But they've had some serious spend in the last couple of, what, last year? I mean, they've added two new roller coasters. Or was it three? Two, I think, wasn't it? They added three because they added the little nipper, they added the boomerang and the big dipper. Oh, yeah. So three plus a flat ride. It was nine total, wasn't it? Oh, a couple of flat rides. Yeah. Uh, nine new attractions, was it? I think it was something around that. It was something around that. And that was a massive announcement. I don't think anyone saw it coming. No, I I didn't. <laughs> Especially in the middle of COVID. Yeah. Of all times. The poor residents. <laughs> but in all seriousness, that is the biggest hot in my mind. A park like Luna Park, you know, out doing really every other park in Australia. And such an interesting ride type. I'm going to Sydney in a couple of weeks to try it. I can't wait. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I look forward to getting down to Sydney one day and finally going to Luna Park. It will actually be my first time going there. I've never actually had the opportunity to go to Luna Park, Sydney, and this is probably the best time to do it now that everything's open. Intimate response to RMC's Raptor clones. It looks awesome. It looks great. Like a tight, compact layout, and it kind of pays homage to not the original Big Dipper, but the one that preceded it, which is now Gold Coaster at Dreamworld. It's got the very similar colour scheme it dives through all the buildings and yeah it just looks like heaps of fun so big hot for luna park of sydney as well i guess yeah yeah definitely so so far it seems to be hot across the board (laughs) (laughs) all right well i guess the biggest thing that probably everyone's wanting to have us talk about is wizard of oz blake did you want to run us through the wizard of oz announcement at movie world because i think this one caught me a little bit off guard yeah absolutely cool all right all right The Wizard of Oz new precinct announcement at Warner Brothers Movie World. Now, there was uh, some information posted on the the official website. There was some conceptual art. They announced two roller coasters. So you had the Vekoma New Generation Family Suspended Coaster. And then you also had a racing boomerang, which was actually uh, confirmed to be a Vekoma coaster as well. Or is that from a different manufacturer? No, it is Vekoma. So, okay. That makes sense. Village Roadshow have always had a pretty good relationship with Vekoma. They've worked with them in the past, obviously with um, Lethal Weapon and Roadrunner Roller Coaster. And now Vekoma is just 
absolutely killing it right now, especially in the European market with their new generation roller coasters and designs. But the, the suspended family coaster, it looks like it's going to be an exact clone of Dragonflyer at Dollywood, which opened in 2019, I believe, just before the pandemic. And for a family coaster, that's actually received very, very positive reviews. It's actually quite intense for a family coaster from what has been reported. So do you guys have any opinions on this? It just even just beyond the roller coaster, it's just like what the whole precinct, like the whole area is going to look like. Well, okay. Well, firstly, I just want to say that when everyone was saying that when they saw the video of the tornado and they're going, oh, Wizard of Oz is coming, I thought they were like stupid. So I, I must admit, when this got announced, I kind of felt like the biggest idiot of them all because I just assumed it was some sort of Fright Nights promotion, not some, what is it? Did this come out in the 40s? Is that when The Wizard of Oz came out? Uh, 1939, I believe. There you go. So this is coming from the park that loves DC comics and not much else. Yeah, I was very much taken back when they announced it. However, I have to say something else. Is this the first time Village ever under-announced something? Like there's technically, what, three coasters? If you, you know, a racer is two separate tracks. Yeah, but I think they're treating it as the one attraction because it's just basically a duplicate. Yeah, I understand. But I feel like considering what they usually do to hype things up, I mean, I would argue they should be saying there's three coasters coming because I'm going to count three separate credits. Well, they did announce that they're going to bring another ride into the kids section, but didn't speak any more of it, which is interesting. Oh, they did. I didn't see that. I thought it was just the two roller coasters and that was it. No, a Marvin the Martian ride's supposed to be coming, but they didn't actually speak more to it more than the fact that it's going to be Marvin the Martian. I think it's April it's coming next year. That's what they've said. Wait a minute. When you say the Marvin the Martian, do you mean like the original Marvin the Martian ride, the crazy bus ride that used to be in the back of Looney Tunes Village? Well, see, they haven't actually said anything, but that'd be cool if it was. Yeah, they're probably just yeah, I don't know why they got rid of that. Yeah, I don't know. That whole back area of the park, there's no reason to go into that area anymore. Like, they got rid of the mini bumper cars and they turned it into, like, a toddler's play area kind of thing, which is really nice what they've actually done in there. But then after that, it's just all this blank space. But the Marvel the Martian ride, is that going to be relocated in the Wizard of Oz area and it's just going to be themed to something? No, I believe it's legitimately an addition to the kids WB area. Oh, okay. That completely missed the boat on that one. Yeah, it was just sort of hidden in their announcement they didn't really speak about it you're too busy looking at the new coasters <laughs> yeah i mean look i didn't even ugh, look i don't know wait a second maybe they're going to add a miniature ride in the uh, junior driving school you'll be able to drive past the miniature new marvin the martian ride it's not actually <laughs> one you can ride that's probably what it's going to be i think we're kind of getting off topic here because we're talking about like the other kids area <laughs> this is supposed to be like well it's not necessarily kids area it's supposed to be more encompassing i think if they can do the theming even half what they're saying they're going to be able to do. Uh, I think it's going to be a great addition because it really does strike the balance between sort of the kids and the adults and they can both enjoy it. It's just a great family area, which I think Movie World's missing. So I, I'm super pumped for it. Yeah, that has definitely been one of the biggest criticisms of Movie World is that it's not a fully fleshed out park. They just need more attractions to kind of pad out the day. You've got your big e-ticket attractions like DC Rivals, Superman Escape, even Scooby-Doo Spooky Coaster, Wild West Falls, when that's open. The family market's kind of been a bit neglected over the past few years. And I think just adding a whole new area and adding essentially three roller coasters, like you said, that's a huge addition. And the decision to go with The Wizard of Oz, I think, was a perfect choice because one of the big issues that with movie-themed parks is that intellectual properties, you know, IPs, some are timeless, like The Wizard of Oz, and others, they're only relevant for like 
10, maybe 15 years, we saw the Gremlins come and go. We saw Lethal Weapon come and go. We saw Police Academy come and go. The Tim Burton Batman films, they came and went. But The Wizard of Oz, that is timeless. So they can just build that and not have to worry about it becoming irrelevant in 10, 15, 20 years' time. Although you would hope that in 20 years' time they would be looking at sprucing it up or something by then. But you get my point. What's your opinions on this? I think it's good. Like, obviously, that part of the park's been dead for the better part of the last two, three years with Lethal Weapon being closed. It's restricted the flow of the park massively. Like, you can't cut through there anymore. So, just having it open again, even if people don't go on the rides, just to bring the traffic away from mainstream. I think will be good. Obviously, I'm pretty keen for the rides. I've just looked on the website and it looks like both of them are stock standard Vekoma. They're just what they sell. It's not like it's custom at all. So the Junior Boomerang is just like their traditional Junior Boomerang design. I think so. And same with the suspended coaster. They both look the same as the plans that they've got on the website. Yeah. I was able to pick it just from the concept art. Now, I know the concept art, yeah, they can take creative liberties and like how the finished product is going to look. But just based on that concept art on the website alone, I could just immediately tell that's Dragonflyer, which I guess is an off-the-shelf design that Vekoma provides. But... I'm not complaining. They look awesome. The new train designs, the restraint system, it eliminates all the headbanging. They're supposed to be way smoother. The only thing that I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head about, because there is just a suspended family coaster, five to 10 minutes up the M1 at Dreamworld, and it's called Escape from Madagascar. Yep. And I just find it interesting that they're wanting to compete directly with Dreamworld, basically getting a duplicate of what they've already got. It's almost kind of what they did with Vortex you know as soon as Wipeout bit the dust they're like hey we got a shiny new ride and everyone thought it was Wipeout oh it was so funny I was there the other day um, at SeaWorld and this lady was talking to the child and they're just like do you want to go on Wipeout I'm just like <laughs> I personally think that they really timed that to get back at Dreamworld. But something like this, I mean, it's like comparing Still Time Band to DC Rivals. I mean, the trains and stuff are very similar, but at the end of the day, they do two very different things. And if they can even get close to the theming like they've said they're going to, which I must admit I'm a little bit doubtful considering how the Atlantis project is tracking over at SeaWorld, I think it's going to be a, a vastly different experience. So for me, I'm not too bothered about that, but I... I can understand where people are coming from, but there's only so many different types of family coasters to choose from when it comes to train types and all of that, especially if they want to go suspended. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Vekoma really only seems to be the only game in town when it comes to a suspended family coaster, as far as I'm aware. Like, actually, I know that B&M came out with a suspended family coaster and they only ever built one of them. And it probably cost $40 million. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it was just incredibly overpriced for what the end product actually was going to be. But it never breaks down. It wouldn't. It probably wouldn't. <laughs> it's actually now that you mentioned it. Does it have the raw? <laughs> or does it have like a like kid's version of like the raw... Well, it, it's still got a box spine track. Yeah, it's it. got a box spine track. Like, it looks like a B&M, but it doesn't have four across seating and it has two across. Uh, I think it's in China somewhere. I, th I can't remember where it is, but they only ever built one of them. They still advertise it on their website, but no one has taken them up on it and for good reason especially now that Vekoma's come out with their new train designs they could probably underprice B&M tenfold I've got to sort of ask the question that it's sort of the elephant in the room. Do we actually think they're going to build half the theming that they've said they're going to? Because it looks absolutely 
awesome in the concept art, but history doesn't necessarily uh, suggest that they're going to uh, listen to the concept art. I mean, if you look at the Atlantis precinct at SeaWorld, uh, we're looking like we're going to pretty much get no theming elements, you know, despite how the concept art looked. So, do we think it's going to turn out at all close to what they're saying it is? Because if not, it may obviously become a little bit underwhelming then. That's a really good point, actually. And I definitely understand where you're coming from on that. I think the new Atlantis precinct at SeaWorld, it was a bit of a victim of circumstance in the sense that they definitely overpromised, and it looks like they're going to under-deliver in terms of like the theming and immersion aspects of the precinct. But I think that was mainly due to COVID. I think because that whole project was blown way over budget. So I think they're just trying to cut their losses and just get it open, get it finished and just call it a day. Yeah, that's a good point. But now we're in a post-COVID world. There are still supply and labor issues, but they are progressively getting better. So I don't know. I feel like I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one, especially since that movie world is their baby. That's their main theme park. And I don't think they're going to shortchange Movie World like they would say to SeaWorld. Can I say something to scare you guys? Yeah. I must admit, I didn't really pick up on this until I just reread the first paragraph on the website. But have you heard this before? Projector mapping. It's coming. Oh, yeah, Scooby. Mm. I really hope that they do put some decent effort in and I, and I think that they will like especially if they're working with WB Creative or whoever the uh, entity is that obviously greenlit the uh, Wizard of Oz franchise to come in but potentially they could do something really amazing but yeah if you look at Scooby if you look at the Atlantis precinct despite COVID and all of that which obviously is a huge uh, issue for them it still unfortunately makes me uh, get a little bit skeptical about what it's going to look like in the end well what ride or attraction are they're going to be using projection mapping on? Well, they say here uh, you can experience uh, projection mapping, stunning sculptures and facades as you travel along the yellow brick road. So there's, you know, I mean, especially if you look at the concept art, there's quite a, a lot that they haven't really showed us detail on. So there's a chance they may have some sort of element a little bit like you know when you sort of go through the uh the hogwarts part of universal maybe they'll have some sort of what is it between uh universal orlando when you sort of go through the brick wall they might have something like that diagon alley yeah sorry yes diagon alley you know they may have something sort of like that where you sort of step into the other part of the precinct which is kind of the the castle and the dark side you know yeah you're right because you have the emerald city on one side and then you have the wicked witch of the west's castle on the other side which is like the main structure for the suspended family coaster where's the munchkin village where where's that at and why isn't there a ride themed to the munchkins like i would have thought that would have been shooting fish in the barrel like the most obvious thing to do like let's put a kids ride in themed it to the munchkins job done yeah i know what you mean (laughs) realistically speaking if you look at the concept art there appears to be room and there is definitely some sort of village down there so i would hope that there's future expansion opportunities to add small little kids rides down there because you're right it's it's uh, low-hanging fruit and it could uh, really just help pad out the area a bit more well they've got a substantial parcel of land you know like they're pretty much utilizing all of what arkham asylum occupied including the courtyard area the paths leading to gotham city 
Eddie Burgers and Superman Escape. That's a big parcel of land that they can play with, essentially. So it'll be very interesting to see what they can do and how they transition from the Emerald City into the Witch's Castle. Matt, let me ask you, I mean, as someone from Melbourne, would this make you travel up and you know, want to experience the Wizard of Oz precinct? Oh, look, I think it's something I'd travel up to try the rides on. I'm not too sure, as you said, like, is it going to turn out like it looks? But I'm not sure who's designed Atlantis, but it looks like Pico Plays designed this one and they did well with Steel Taipan. They've done well with all their other projects. They've been pretty true to their word coming forward with their concept. So I'm holding out faith that it will look like what it looks like in the concept, at least pretty close anyway. Hmm. So the third party that they're getting to come in to do the theming for the Wizard of Oz. You said that was the same mob that Dreamworld used for Steel Taipan? I'm mostly certain, yeah, it's Pico Play. So they've designed Gumbaya World, and I think they also did all the theming for um, Steel Taipan, all the rock work, the tunnels within the ride, and then the queue section too. Okay, interesting. The rock work that Steel Taipan does have does look really cool. I just wish there was more of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that was like a budgetary thing. They were just like, we can only afford this much. You know, we're already spending $32 million on this ride, and it's two years overdue. Let's just put in a couple things, call it a day. But again, that was COVID. The circumstances should be much better this time around. And hopefully we can actually see a fully fleshed out project. Well, Wizard of Oz is such a big thing. The IP owners aren't going to want it let down, if that makes sense. They're going to want it to actually represent the brand well. Well, yeah, I think personally that is for me the saving grace. That is for me the thing that's helping me go to sleep at night, knowing that there is a third party overseeing this and making sure it should be represented properly. It's not just going to be some half-baked effort to make some Wizard of Oz city. It's actually going to have to represent the brand. Yeah, I agree. And that's a really good point too, because Wizard of Oz, my understanding, is still owned by MGM. So they've obviously licensed this to Village Roadshow and they will expect a certain standard of quality before they can give it the green light. I don't know if this was ever confirmed, but I heard when Dreamworld was building the Trolls Village, there was a lot of back and forth between Dreamworld and DreamWorks about what DreamWorks was expecting in terms of how their IP was being treated and they weren't the happiest at the time. And that's probably one of the reasons why Trolls Village doesn't exist anymore. No, I personally think that is going to be the part that hopefully brings this through as being something really amazing. But only time will tell and, you know, anything can get in the way, unfortunately, as we've experienced in the past with uh, projects like the Atlantis Precinct and others as well like trolls. Yeah. So to wrap this up on a scale of one to 10, how pumped are you for this? I'm pretty pumped. I'll I'll give it a seven or an eight. I'm interested to see what they can do. Well, I would say the vast majority of my enthusiasm for it definitely comes for the suspended family coaster because Dragonfly at Dollywood looks awesome. And if we're just getting a clone of that, I'm totally happy with that. Matt, what about you? I mean, considering Gumbire is your local park is adding a somewhat similar ride. Are, Are you excited for this? Are you thinking it's uh, worth the trip? Um, definitely for the boomerang ride, it's going to be worth the trip. I've never done a boomerang before and I think the theming should be good. I'm mostly excited for the fact that they've been true to their word and they've expanded away from superheroes and supervillains. It's something they said a few years ago that they wanted to move away from it. So it's good that they've actually done that. Rumours for the original concept of this ride was actually villains versus heroes, wasn't it? So that's breath of fresh air to see that they've veered away from that. They've listened to feedback and, and they're moving back to their roots. So I'm keen to see 
say it, yeah. They needed to diversify their offerings. Oh, definitely. You had the original Warner Brothers Looney Tunes shuffled out in the back. You had the Wild West section shoved in the back. And reduced as well. Wild West was massively reduced when Doomsday went in. Yes, it was. And again, that's just another expansion of comic book characters as well. So they've actually got two completely segregated areas of the park that are just completely based around DC characters. And I know like superheroes are like the big ticket thing in Hollywood right now, but you need to provide something else. And it's really good to see that they're diversifying what films they include in the park. So, yeah, that's definitely an element I'm looking forward to seeing and, and how well they actually handle the Wizard of Oz license. And how well it's maintained as well, for that matter. We don't want it to come out looking beautiful and then for it to be let go. Well, look what happened with Villains Unleashed. They marketed it as this fully interactive area. Well, first it was an upcharge. You had to get the little wristband thing so you could do all the little mini games and stuff. But to be fair, they did get rid of that and they made it free. They did make it free. And now I don't think any of them work anymore. <laughs> yeah. When I last one, I think one or two work, but that's it. Well, it is very interesting. You mentioned the Villains Unleashed Precinct and how it's currently looking. I think anyone who seriously looks at it will quickly realize that it was built on a budget. It's kind of movie set level materials, so they aren't aging fantastically. And yes, there's a part of me that did think, is it going to be bright colors on concrete, on facades? And within a couple of years, it looks like an area just down the road, I guess. I'm pretty excited for the whole Wizard of Oz Precinct, as long as it somewhat lives up to what the concept art details. I mean, I personally don't see a big castle on an elevated hill coming to reality. I think personally it's going to be scaled back. If they seriously do go close to what the concept art says, it's going to be probably one of the best, if not the best themed precincts in Australia. But I also got very excited about the Atlantis precinct, did a SeaWorld video on YouTube saying, is it going to be at one of Australia's best parks? And, you know, that's come back to haunt me. So I'm not going to get too excited just yet, but if they are going to seriously take a really close look at what this should look like, if they're going to represent it like the concept art and actually carry it through to the end, then I'm super pumped for it. What can I just say with the castle comment, you can see the ride flies through the castle. It seems like it's going to form part of that coaster and that coaster design. So I don't know if it's something that they could just concept design and then remove at last minute. I feel like it's going to have to be something that's thought of during the manufacturing of the ride, if I'm not wrong. That's a good point, because the coaster does intertwine with the structure of the castle quite a lot. It serves as the main station building. Yeah, true. Also, I just realised that the Junior Boomerang coaster, I don't know why this didn't register with me before, but that's going to be themed to the tornado, because you can see, if you look at the concept art photo, you can see there's a big paddock and it's got a windmill. That's supposed to be the farm that Dorothy grows up on, and then the yeah. cyclone comes along and sweeps up the house and blows it away. So that's what that ride is going to be themed to. So what do you think it will be called? And it's all in sepia tone as well, like the whole thing. That's a good pickup. They should make it look like, uh, is it Wonderworks in Orlando where the house is upside down? They should try and do that with the uh, station for that roller coaster. That would be cool. I'll make it like a wonky house. Yeah, exactly. Make the queue line a wonky house. That'd be sick. That's kind of like Medusa Steel Coaster at Six Flags Mexico. The queue line is actually built into an old crooked house. I mean, if Matt gets his way, it'll just look like that in a couple of years. So uh, at the end of the day, they're going to get that sort of look eventually anyway. <laughs> 
So again, just to sum up, I'm feeling a seven or eight out of 10 in terms of enthusiasm for this. Ash, what are you at? If the concept art lives up to reality, 10 out of 10. If it ends up being something like the Atlantis Precinct, I would probably give it a three or a four out of 10, just purely because the rides themselves, there's nothing super special about them, but it's the theming and the immersion that's going to pull it out of a, you know, a three or a four. So if they don't care too much about the final representation, it's going to get a low score in my mind. But just purely based on what has been presented to us right now, what it- 10 out of 10. You're a 10 out of 10 fully pumped for this. Because I don't really care about the rides, but if they can pull it off and make this look like what it is, it's kind of giving me Nintendo World vibes. It looks really awesome and they could really make something very special here. But again, it comes down to the final implementation and whether or not they're going to spend the money and see it through. Yeah, cool. And Matt, where's your enthusiasm lie? Yeah, look, I'm holding out full faith that it's going to turn out like it looks. I think the companies involved are quite credible. So it's definitely going to warrant a trip up to Queensland for me just to see it. I'd probably put it as like an eight or a nine. Obviously, the coasters aren't going to be the most exciting things in the world, but it's going to be great to see just a fresh breath through the park. Yeah, cool. Awesome. All right. Well, we shall see in 2024. Well, we've spoken about a lot tonight, I think, across the board. Australia is doing pretty well when it comes to theme park additions and new roller coasters especially so really I think COVID hasn't had a huge I mean I don't know how the parks are doing financially I think potentially some of them are struggling but at least what the projects are coming through it's pretty positive wouldn't you guys agree? I definitely think from an expansion point of view nationwide we've seen a lot of new developments over the past few years both from the major parks and some of the smaller more regional parks it is still an upward climb Dreamworld is still kind of hurting after the pandemic and I think that might be a topic for another day. There is potential but they need to make really really smart business decisions in the upcoming years if they want to really stay in the game. Yeah I think that's fair warning I think like any business they got to sort of make sure they're doing the right decisions and still offering something that people want but yeah I think that a lot of times people say especially I have in the past you know build it and they will come. I think it's safe to say that the parks now are really building you know a, a lot of different attractions be it roller coasters or new immersive lands or kids rides, family rides. So yeah, I really hope that we see an influx of people visiting the parks and spending money because if they don't, we're not going to see, you know, the same scale of additions in the future. Well, look, adversely to that, I think that parks are doing it in response to the crowds that are coming post-pandemic. I know going to Gold Coast after all the restrictions lifted was very difficult just because accommodation was sold out, flights were sold out. In Victoria, our first summer after our lockdown, parks were packed. Like, I think parks really need things to absorb the capacities and spread the people out. Yeah, good point. And perhaps now is a good time to build a hotel near Movie World because <laughs> I know things are very expensive, as you said, to stay in hotels, airfares, all of it's very expensive. So if someone could offer a bundled experience, I think uh, people would be considering it right now. Well, Movie World did announce that, didn't they, at the beginning of last year? I feel like that was in response to Dreamworld. No, no, no. Movie World was first because they were like, no other park in the country is going to be oh, able to compete okay. with us. And then literally a week later, Greg Young steps up as CEO. And then in that same announcement, he's like, yeah, guess what? We're getting a hotel 
Hotel 2. But I believe that mm. project has now mm. fallen through. I think also been put on hold. Didn't they say that it fell through with the person that they were discussing with? But it's not something they've given up on. No, I think just the hotel partner, I guess, dropped out. The person who's going to build it and fund it. <laughs> Honestly, I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise. In a long-term business goal, yeah, a hotel is awesome. If you want to set yourself up as a destination park, I just don't think that considering all the attractions that DreamWorld has removed over the past couple of years and what they've added, I don't think they can justify calling themselves a destination park yet. They absolutely have the potential to get to that point again. So I think it's better off that $70 million or however much they were going to pump into building a hotel gets invested into the park first, flesh it out, get the park back up to its heyday again, and then reassess if the hotel is warranted. So what you're saying is until then, the Coombe Remoter Inn is the place to be if you want to stay on site at Dreamworld. Is that place even still open? I believe so. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it is. I believe so. I think they've done very well for themselves to have that location because it doesn't look like the most amazing place but if you want somewhere low, like close to the theme parks it is a great location yep it's still there still open it doesn't look open this podcast sponsored by the coom remoter no <laughs> <laughs> one day <laughs> Anyway, guys, look, it was really awesome talking theme parks again. It's been a number of years and yeah, I, I hope the viewers enjoyed our little conversation and stick around for the next couple of episodes, which at this point are going to be monthly. Yeah, well, hopefully you stick around for more than just the next couple of episodes. You actually keep listening indefinitely. That would be more preferable. We've always got Matt <laughs> just in the background buying mugs and stickers and liking us on Facebook. I, I'm keeping this business afloat. <laughs> He's single-handedly funding this project by just buying all the yeah. <laughs> anyway, folks, thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate your time and we'll see you on the next one. See ya. See you later.